Welcome everyone to the Obey Torah Daf Yomi Shur. Today's Shur is Dav Tet Zayin. We will begin on Tet Vav Amur Bet at the Mishnah, the brand new Perek. Perek Hayishar Shenet Armala. Today's Daf is Leilu Nishmat Yunis, Bat Anna, who is a lady who passed away with no one to bury her yesterday and was buried with the Zichut of Mr. Shimshin Binyamin. Uh, we sh- how she should have a, a, a neshama should bezat Hashem be cleaned and go uh, go to Shemaim in the right in, in the right spot. Says the Gemara. What's that? Thank Rabbi for all your help. What's your help, Rabbi? My pleasure. Let's go. Says the Mishnah. Ha'isha shinit armala shinit garsha. A woman who was widowed or divorced. Vihiomerit and she says. Bitula Nisatani. So the, the the story over here is the girl in Betin claiming her ketubah. Either she was widowed and she's claiming the ketubah from her husband's kids who inherited her husband. So she was a second wife or even a first wife and her husband's kids inherited her and she wants to, um, she wants to collect her ketubah money. Right? Or... Her husband's divorcing her, and her husband's here, and she wants to collect the ketubah money. And she says, you married me as a betula, and therefore I'm entitled to 200 zoos. Who, man, he says, I married you, but you were already married, you were a widow. And therefore you're entitled to 100. So it says the Mishnah, If there's witnesses that she went out with a nihuma." Which the Gemara will explain what it means soon. And she did not, and she let her hair down, which means her hair was on the shoulders. Right? Right. Then, then she gets 200. Because she's got witnesses that she went like that. Okay? Now, obviously, she could go out like that, like a bitula, but she could really be a bitula, but we would have found out about that. He would have came to Betin to complain. So, obviously, if she went out like that, we trust her. Even if you see them giving out roasted wheat, which is what they give out at the weddings of a, of a bitula, also that's a proof. Now, this is interesting. Is, is not talking about this Mishnah, because in this Mishnah, Rabbi Yeshua didn't say anything. Rabbi Yeshua was in the previous Perek, if you remember. He was the one who was arguing on Rabban Gamal If you remember, there was a bunch of machlokets where Rabban Gamal had said that uh, we trust the girl, and Rabbi Yeshua says we don't trust the girl, we don't live by her words. So, we're telling you now, Yeshua admits that <coughs> if you tell your friend, this field was your father's, I bought it from him, which means, let's say a guy's working a field, and he says, this field was your father, a guy comes to claim his field, and he says, I want to tell you, my field, the field that I'm on used to be your father's, but I bought it from him, we believe him. Why do we believe him in that case? 
because he's the one who admitted that it used to be his father. And therefore, he's believed to say that he bought it. Because he didn't even have to, I didn't have to tell you that I, that it was originally your father's. And therefore, once I said that, believe me with a migu, that, that when I tell you that I bought it. Okay? But if there's witnesses that it used to be the other guy's father, then, then he says, and he says, I bought it from him, and he's not believed. Why is he not believed there? Because the fact that you admitted that it used to be his father means nothing in this case. Because we would have witnesses anyway for that, and therefore you can have to bring. We're not going to believe you when you say you bought it unless you have witnesses. Because uh, over here you didn't come with any migu. Are you with me, guys? Yeah, but what does that do with our case? You want to know what does that do with our cases? Well, the Gemara will clarify what it's coming to do, but it seems like. Rabbi Yeshua was the one who said before he didn't believe her migu, right? She right. was saying, believe me when I tell you this. We'll see what he's talking about. And this is coming to say, yes, even though I don't believe that migu, this migu I do believe. So I, I admit that I believe this migu. That's basically what it's going to come to. But wait for the Gemara. The Gemara will explain it, okay? Uh-huh. Okay. What's that? So we say that Rabbi Yehoshua believed the, the, the woman? Correct. He's believing the woman, correct. Says the Gemara. You ready, guys? Uh-huh. The reason why we believe that she was a Betulah is because there's witnesses that she went out with the veil, with, that, with, with whatever, with, the, with, with her hair down. Right? But if there were no witnesses, Baal Mehman, you're going to believe the Baal? It seems like our Mishnah is against Rabban Gamliel beforehand. Because over there, before, when the women, we didn't find a Betulim, right? And we weren't sure whether it was before the Erosin or after the Erosin. She says that it happened after you married me. And Rabbanglia believed her. So now if Rabbanglia believed her there, why won't he believe her here as well? Because Rabbanglia said we rely on the Chazaka. Remember Rabbanglia said over there, listen, every girl is born a Betula. We assume that she stayed that way unless otherwise proven. Here too, let's assume the same thing. And the fact that we didn't say that, and we say that she needs to bring witnesses, makes it sound like if, that if she didn't bring witnesses, she wouldn't be believed. That's against her Bangaliel, who says she has a chazakah, that she started off with So it seems like our Mishnah must have not been written by her Gamliel, and it seems to be proving that the halakha is not like her Gamliel. The Gemara says, no. Are you with me, Victor? Says, you know, I feel the Rabban Gamliel could even be Rabban Gamliel. Ad kan lo kamar Rabban Gamliel hatam ele bari v'shema amalacha bari ubari lo amar. Which means there's a big difference in that case and this case. Which means the reason why she's believed over there is because she is claiming 
I know when I got when, when I know when I got forced to have relations, and I'm telling you it was after I got married. And he is claiming, you know, it might have been before you got married, and therefore I don't want to pay you two hundred, right? That's what happened in the other case. But here, it's different. Why is it different? Because he's claiming how are you? He's claiming he's claiming I know for a fact my information. I know that I married you as a bitulah. She's saying, for I know for a fact I was a bitulah. I was bitulah, and he's saying I know you were the opposite. You were bitulah. So here it's uh, he's sure and she's sure over there. Even Rabban Gamliel agrees that she needs witnesses. Otherwise, she's not believed. Good. So the Gemara says, "V'tekairila my kairila, habariu barihu." What was the question? Of course, why would you think? Why did you originally think that it can't be Rabban Gamliel? Of course, there's a big difference in Bariu Bari and Bari and Shema. So the Gemara says, "No." Came and the Rav Nashim b'tulot nesot ki Bari dami ki Bari b'Shema dami, which means we would have thought that since most girls get married are b'tulot, it's not. It's rare to have b'tulot getting married. Therefore. You might think that takes his bari, his the fact that he's sure, and it lowers it down a notch, and it makes it like sure and maybe. Therefore, we need a chedush to tell you no, it's like bari bari. Okay, so it says It's also logical. Now we want to prove from the next case of the Mishnah. Remember when we started off with the case of the field and we said that Rabbi Yeshua admits in the case of the field that the guy is believed when he says it was your father's but that I bought it? So let's Okay, so we want to say like this. The first part of the Mishnah is talking about a bride, right? And telling you whether a bride gets 200 or 100. The second part of the Mishnah says, and Rabbi Yeshua admits about a field. Now, if the beginning was talking about Rabban Gamliel, and Rabban Gamliel is admitting that in that I, I only say it by when the girl is sure, and I only believe the girl when the girl is sure, and the man is not sure, like in the previous peric, but in our peric where the girl is sure and the man is also sure. Then, I say that she has to bring a proof. So if so, so our Mishnah start, if that's true, then our Mishnah started off with Rabban Gamliel admitting to Rabbi Yeshua. I argue with you about Mishnah standing there nasty, but I admit to you that when it comes to after they're getting divorced and he's saying I married you as a as a as a widow and she's saying I got mar- I got married as a betula over there they're both certain. I admit to you. So then it makes sense that the that the Seifa of the Mishnah will say that Rabbi Yeshua is admitting. Right? Because since the Mishnah is talking about one rabbi admitting to other rabbi, so the Seifa will talk about, uh, and I'll tell you where Rabbi Yeshua admits to Rabbi Gamaliel in the case of the field. But if the beginning of the Mishnah was not talking about Rabban Gamaliel admitting, it's Rabbi Gamaliel sticking to his guns, or just everyone agrees, then why would you... Where would you bring in this thing from? Like, like Shimshin said in the beginning, who, what, why are we talking about this? Right? 
So if the if the object if the subject of our Mishnah is admitting cases, so we start off with Rabban Gamil admitting to Rabbi Yeshua, and we end off with Rabbi Yeshua admitting to Rabban Gamil. But if it's if it, according to the other way that's not Rabban Gamil is not admitting, it doesn't make sense. Why is why are we talking about Rabbi Yeshua admitting? Are you with me? Yeah, I think so. Wow. Okay. So you mean son? How can I understand? Medik tani modu Yeshua. If Rabban Gamliel is talking about Modeh, he's admitting Shapir. Makes sense. If Rabban Gamliel is not talking about admitting, which means that Rabban Gamliel was not specifically saying, I admit that this case is different than the first case, then you'll be sure, Laman Modeh, who's he being Modeh to? Mara says, No, not necessarily. Is that a proof? Misa Rabbishua, a hyperkai? You think Rabbi Yeshua has to be answering the ratio of the Mishnah? When, in other words, when we brought this case of Rabbi Yeshua by the case of the field, where the guy tells the kid, the kid, your field, the field was your father, but I bought it. You think he was admitting to the ratio of this Mishnah? No. Amigu kai, apirkin kamakai. He's admit, he's arguing on the migu of the previous, he's admitting to the migu of the previous pedic. Which means, in the previous pedic, there were a bunch of migus that, uh, you know what a migu is? Migu is, believe me when I tell you this, because I could have said that. Now, there was a bunch of those that Rabban Gamliel was saying, and Rabbi Shua was admitting to that over here that the migu was believed. Even though I disagreed with your migu in the previous pedic, this one I agree to. And therefore, not necessarily is this a proof. Now, the Gemara is going to now clarify which Mishnah was there a migu that Rabbi Yeshua could admit to? <coughs> you with me? Okay. Says the Aha, which Mishnah is that? Ilema Aha. If you want to claim it's talking about this Mishnah, when, it, when if you, you'll remember this, it says Haitamu when she was pregnant, she the girl is walking around pregnant, a single girl. and we tell her Mati what, what what kind of baby is this? And she says, "Mish ploni kohenu." It's so and so, and he's a kohen. Rabban Gamliel say that she's she's believed. Bishua says, "No, we don't live from her words, and we don't believe her." Right. So, if you want to say that's the case, he's admitting to. She doesn't have a migu over there. He, he can't be admitting to a case of migu because over there she had no migu. She's pregnant. In other words, she can't. What, what else could she have said? She said the best thing she could say. Right? You, a migu means, believe me when I said A, because I could have said B, which would have been better. Here, there's nothing better she could say. She's pregnant. She can't say, oh, I never did anything wrong. Obviously, there's nothing wrong. You're pregnant. Right? You, you can't. So the best thing you could say is, yeah, he was a good guy. Right? So you don't have a migu. It can't be talking. Your Bishua can't be admitting to that case because there's no migu in that case. Ela, aha. Must be talking about another case, another Mishnah. Remember this other Mishnah on Dafa Yudgimel? We saw her talking to somebody. Remember this case? We saw her talking to the guy. We tell her, what's with this guy? And she says, this is so-and-so, and he's a good guy. They say she's believed. Yeshua says, no, we don't believe her. 
Also over there, there's no migu. Hanicha, you're right, there is a migu, l'ziiri, according to ziiri, who explains that Mishnu says, my nistara. If, according to ziiri, who says that when she says she was talking, quotes, it means she was alone in a room with him, so she does have a migu, because she could have said, she could have said, I was playing Monopoly. I never sinned with him. The fact that she admitted, I sinned with him, but he's a Kohen, so she admitted to something, there's a Migu over there. Right? Right. Uh, but that's only according to Ziri. When according to Asi, who says, it means Nivela, that when the, when the Mishnah says that she... She was nivela. She had when the Mishnah says that she was talking. It means she actually had relations. So then there is no migu because we saw you have relations. So what are you admitting to us? You never admitted anything. Why should you be believed anymore? Okay, so it can't be that Mishnah either because it doesn't fit according to Ravasi, and we're assuming it has to fit according to all rabbis. So says the Gemara. Ella, aha, it must be talking about this case. Right? He omitted, she says, Mukat etzanin, on your, that your Gimel says, okay? She says, I got hit by a piece of wood. Vuhu omerin, he says, Lo kiel dusatish, no, so a man had relations with you, right? Rabbanga says, we believe her. Rishur says, we don't believe her. Over there, she, what's the Miku? It's good according to Biel Azad, who says that. Uh, that if she's manavilo klum, which means that the woman is claiming a hundred and he's saying zero, or meaning that, that if she's mukat et, she gets a hundred, and he says you, you had a relationship with the man, so you get zero, then since she could have claimed that I got damaged by wood while I was, while I was engaged to you, and then she gets two hundred, and she admitted that she had she she was injured by wood from beforehand, and therefore she gets a hundred. So there, there's a migu. Since I could have said two hundred, and I'm saying a hundred, it makes sense. That the mana mehemet she believed. the Gemara over there, who says the machloka was two hundred, one hundred, which means she was claiming two hundred, and he said a hundred. Because of course, according to this opinion, a mukat that's a wood injury gets. Two hundred. And if so, my Ikumigu, there's no Migu. What is she admitting? She admitted to nothing, so there's no Migu. So that can't be it either. Elaha must be on the one that's much earlier. The Gemara is going back and back and back. If the Mishnah says a guy marries a woman and he finds no Betulim. He She says, Mishnah after you married me, I got raped. Therefore, your field got flooded. My rape is like your field getting flooded. Just like you can't claim anything when your field gets flooded. You can't claim anything against me here. Too bad. Your bad luck. The woman, he says, No, ki ela, it happened before I married you, and therefore, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mistaken purchase. Rabban, she's believed. Rishul says, we don't believe her. What? Now, what's in that case? She could have said, I was mukadetz. She admitted that she got raped, which is making her a pasul to a kohen going forward. 
And meanwhile, she could have just said that she was hit by wood, and then she would mutar to So she's admitting something here. Right? I wish you wouldn't make yourself pass off in Kiona. She admitted by saying, I was raped. Where she's making herself pass off in Kiona. That's why Ramadan says you believed. Rabbi Shua disagreed in that case. Because he doesn't agree with that migu, but in this case he agrees with the migu. migu I disagree with yours, but I agree with this migu of the field where the guy admits to the kid that it was his father's field. That migu, I agree that he is believed because he admitted that the field was his. Now the Gemara asks, Mechti, hai migu, hai migu, hai migu, hai migu. Why? Why does Rabbi Yeshua admit to the migu of the field and doesn't admit to the migu of the girl who claims that she was raped after she was engaged? What's the difference? They're both migus. This girl could have said she was mukadets, and the guy could have said it was always his field. Either way, they're both migus. Why is one better than the other? Are you with me, Victor? Yeah. <coughs> Shimshin? Says the Gemara, "Hacha and Shor Shachud Lefanecha, Hata Mara Shor Shachud Lefanecha." In the case of the field, he didn't have to say anything. the The ox wasn't slaughtered in front of him. If the ox is alive, you don't have to explain why you slaughtered it. If the ox is dead, someone had, somebody killed it. You have to figure out who did it. That's just a mashal. Here too, the girl who has no betulim, has to say something. Right? She, she could say mukat etz, she could say she was raped, but she can't say nothing because something happened. You weren't born like that. But here, when a guy's on the field, right, he doesn't have to say it was not his field. He could say it was always my field. The fact that he made the field is a bigger admission than the girl. Because by the girl case, what, what, what do you mean? Something had to happen, right? What happened? You, you weren't born like this. And therefore, the fact that she admits that she was raped is not such a big admission because you had to say something. That's why Rabbi Yeshua disagrees over there. But in our case, where the guy admitted about the field, which he could have kept his mouth shut and just stayed on the field, that he admits is amigo. Is that clear? Do you understand why he's believed more over here than there? Because there you had to say something and here you didn't. Good. So it says the Gemara. Now we're discussing the Mishnah. We say, <coughs> Since most women get married as bitulot, when, when witnesses don't come, who cares? Which means, even if witnesses don't come, right? If most women get married in Betulot, why do you need witnesses? Why don't we go with the Rav? Why can't we go that most witness, most women get married as Betulot? Why does that to be they need witnesses that she, she got married with a veil or with her hair down? Just go with the Rav. 
Go with the majority. Amar Ravina, Ravina says, Because we could say, yes, most women get married with a lot. And a minority get married as widows. Anytime, but, but anytime you marry a girl who was never married before, people, people talk about it, right? This woman, since no one's talking about her getting married, that she's a betula, therefore, how are you? But therefore, therefore we lost the rov. And since you lose the rov, if you don't have a rov anymore, Therefore, that's why you need witnesses that she was she went out without a without a hair covering because otherwise, otherwise we can't go with the rov because here since there's no rumors about her, there's no people aren't talking about her getting married. Therefore, there's no rov anymore. So says the Gemara. Why would we believe witnesses that come? After all, the witnesses that come are probably false witnesses. Why are they false witnesses? They're false witnesses because if what you're saying is true, then how come no one knows about this? You're right? I thought usually everyone talks about these things when someone gets married like that. The fact that no one's talking about it is a proof that you're wrong. The Bible says no. It doesn't mean that everyone talks about it. Usually they talk about it. Elam Ravina. Most of the time when a betula gets married, people talk about it. Vizu, this girl, since there's no, there's no call, since there's no talking that she got married as a betula, therefore it ruins the rov. So the rov you can't rely on, but it doesn't ruin it completely that if witnesses come, we don't say that they're false witnesses. Is that clear? Okay. Now, so we said in the Mishnah, we said if there's witnesses that she went out with a hinuma, then, and her hair was down, then she gets 200. Now, we, we want to clarify. What's the case that she's claiming the Ketubah? Usually, why are they arguing about a Ketubah over here? How, whether she was an uh, unmarried girl or a married girl. Why are they arguing? Why don't they just check the ketubah? In the ketubah it says whether it's 200 or 100. Every ketubah says so. So the Gemara is assuming that the Mishnah is talking about a case where the ketubah was lost. She's claiming it was lost or something. And therefore, that's why they're arguing about whether or not she she went out like as a betula or betula, good. What? Exactly. That's what we're assuming that the ketubah is not there because they must have lost it. Okay. That's what we're assuming. The Mishnah's case must be the ketubah is lost. So I asked the Gemara says, why aren't we worried? This, this girl is going to claim a double ketubah. Which means, she'll come to this witness, this Betty number one. She'll say she lost a ketubah. She'll bring witnesses that she went out without a vet, with, 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 with uh, her hair down. 
and she'll get 200. Then she'll go to Betin number two with her ketubah, her actual ketubah that, that was really never lost, and she'll get another 200, and she'll get 400. Wow. Why aren't we worried about that? Why are we allowed to give the girl a ketubah like this? Amar Abiyabhu, so Abiyabhu says, Zotomer Kotvim Shover. We see from here that Betin always writes a receipt, which means that the husband, the girl, we make the girl sign a receipt for the husband, received from husband 200 zoos for my Ketubah. This way, if she ever goes to another Betin, he could just produce the receipt and be fine. Okay? Rapapa says no. Papa says, no, we're talking about a place where they don't write a ketubah. It, since it's a place where there's no shtar ketubah, they just rely on the, the, the fact that Betin says that every unmarried girl gets 200 and every unmarried girl previously gets 100. So therefore, they just rely on that. And therefore, that's why... That's why... The Mishnah is, that's what the Mishnah is talking about. Not a lost Ketubah, but a place where they don't write Ketubah. Now, the, that's, uh, that's on, that's this Machloket between Rabbi Papa and Rabbi Abu about our Mishnah. There's going to be another Machloket about a Brighta. We're going to quote this, now, well, let, let's quote this Brighta. Says the Gemara, the Ikitamatnaya Brighta, some learn on the Brighta. The Brighta says the following. Ibdak tubata, if she lost her ketubah, or she tmina ketubah, or she hid her ketubah, right? In both those cases, and she doesn't know where it is, or it got burnt. If there's witnesses that they dance like they dance by a bitula, especially a special bitula dance. Or Sakur, they made Bitula jokes. Or Bisuda. Or they gave they brought in front of her a cup of wine of Bisuda. We'll see what that means soon. That they only do by Bitula. Or Mapasha Bitulim. Or they passed in front of her a special cloth that they put the they put the Bitula blood on, right? And they danced with that at the wedding. Im if you have witness for any of these things, ketubah matayim. The brighter says you get a two hundred ketubah, right? So on that brighter, on this brighter, not, not on our mishnah. The Gemara asks, same question that we asked previously. We thought we asked on the mishnah was that why aren't we worried that maybe she'll collect once and collect again? So Rabbi Bu answered the same answer he said last time, which is that you see from here that you write a receipt. Rabbi Papa says we're talking about a place where there's no, they don't write a ketubah. So now the Gemara says, what do you mean? How could Rabbi Papa answer that? But it says in our Mishnah, in the bright that says they lost the ketubah. How could you claim it's talking about, how could Rabbi Papa claim it's talking about a place where they don't write a ketubah? If you don't write a ketubah, how could you lose the ketubah? Mara says, no, you're right. It's a place where they didn't write a ketubah, but the katala ihu. But this guy changed the rules and he wrote a one, and she lost that. Sof, sof. 
why are we worried that maybe she didn't she didn't lose it and she's going to take it out and if the husband wrote her ketubah, why aren't we worried that maybe she'll take it out and use it somewhere else? My ibda ibda ba'or. The Gemara says, no. When we says she lost it, <coughs> doesn't mean she lost it. She doesn't know where it is. And this way she could find it later. No, it means she lost it in the fire. I says, it can't be. That was case number three in the Brighta. The Brighta had case number three where it got burnt. So if lost means it got burnt. So then why, why do you need another case of burnt, which is case number four? I don't need it. Oh, another question on this answer. What about the one that says that she hid it? How could she, if she hid it, how could she ever get a ketubah? Why are we worried she'll pull it out and collect 400? Also, what do you need a case of lost if, if you already have a case of burnt? Anytime we say it's lost, it's as if she has it in front of her. And we won't give her ketubah unless she has witnesses that it got burnt. You're right. If, if she says it got lost, we treat it as if she, she, she buried it in front of us, and therefore we will not give the ketubah. Only if she, we have witnesses that got burnt. So now basically there's two ways to learn this question, either on the Brita or on the Mishnah. Now, the one who learns on the Brita, he would definitely learn on the Mishnah also. The one who learns on the Mishnah, but they wouldn't say that it's talking about the Brita, because we have all these questions on the Brita, which is all the questions of what is, what is burnt, what is hidden, and therefore he would learn on the Mishnah much smoother than learning on the Brita, because the Mishnah doesn't mention all these cases of burnt and hidden. So it's much smoother on the Mishnah than the Brita. Now we're going to ask a very, very important question on what we just learned. We said in the Mishnah that if there's witnesses that she went out with Numa with her hair rolled out, then she gets 200. Why aren't we worried that maybe, maybe she's going to bring witnesses that she went with her hair like that in one betin, and then she'll go to another betin and she'll collect the ketubah. Right? According to her papa, who said before that it's a place where there's no ketubah, so then in, in the place where there's no ketubah, how do they ever collect the ketubah? Why aren't you worried that she'll go to multiple betins and collect it a hundred times? Every time we divorce, she'll keep collecting ketubah. If there's a ketubah, so we rip up the ketubah when you pay it. Okay, so they're not worried. Or if there's no ketubah, why are we worried to collect it multiple times? You're right. In a place where they don't write a ketubah, obviously you write a receipt. But the other rabbi is worried that we, we try not to write receipts because we're afraid if we write a receipt, the husband has to guard the receipt. Right? And if, you, if, the, if the receipt gets bit by mice, then he's in trouble. And therefore, we only write it in a place where there's no ketubah. But a place where there is a ketubah, then you don't write receipts. Okay, now, one more topic before the end of the page. The Gemara says, said before, in the Brighta we mentioned, that 
they pass in front of her a cup of besuda, a cup of good news. What does that mean, a cup of good news? It's one of the things you do only by a betula, not a bitula. Only a girl who was never married, not a girl who was previously married. They pass this special cup. What is this cup? The mission doesn't say, so the Amoraim are arguing about it. They pass a cup of truma wine in front of her. Why? Meaning to say, this girl can eat truma. Why? Because if the girl was already had relations, we're worried to let her eat truma because maybe she had relations with someone who was asur. But if she's a bitula, then she can eat truma. So by passing a cup of truma wine, we're showing that she's a bitula because only a bitula girl could eat truma. Matkilara papa, atu amana milo truma. An almana who gets married also eats truma. Why would he do it for that reason? El amara papa. Zu reshit, kichuma reshit. A different reason why we do truma. We have a cup of truma because we want to say this girl, it's her first time having relations, and just like truma, which is called first in the Torah, says the reshit tiganecha, right? So therefore, they're both called first, and that's why we pass it in front of her. That's the reason. For this, I've watched only by the Quran. Someone who's marrying the No, they do it by everybody because it's a similar idea. Because if she would marry a Quran, then she could eat Chuma. Okay? No, you mean if she doesn't marry a Quran, she could eat the Chuma? No, she can't. But we're saying that she's similar, that she's the first, like Chuma is the first. She doesn't drink it, she just passes it in front of her. Oh, that's what you mean. Okay. Tanya, Rabbi Dao Man, they also pass a barrel of wine in front of her if she was never married before. Why? Why do they do that? Why do they put a barrel of wine? If it's bitula, if she's never married before, they bring a closed barrel of wine to indicate that she's closed too. Bitula, if she was previously married. They bring a open barrel if she was previously married. Am I? Why do they do it? The Gemara is asking now, wait a second. Why would they put an open barrel in front of an unmarried girl? It's not nice. What's the point of, in front of a married girl? An open barrel. Just bring a closed barrel for, for, for an unmarried girl. And uh, don't bring anything at all. It's a negative thing. Why would you, why would you mention the negativity? Don't mention it at all. You with me? Mara says, no, we're doing it because we want people to know that this girl's entitled to 200. That's why we bring a closed barrel. But if you bring no barrel in front of the open, in front of the girl who was previously married, instead of an open one, sometimes a girl who was previously married will claim 200. If Amran shall say, I was a betula. This that they didn't bring any closed barrels. The guys got too drunk, they forgot to bring the barrels out. So if you bring no barrel, she can claim 200 and say that they just forgot to bring it. But if you bring an open barrel, she can never claim 200. And that's why we bring closed and open and not closed and nothing. Is that clear? Okay. Wonderful. We're going to stop over here. Tanu Rabbanan, Ketzer Martin, the Fea Kala. Bezat Hashem, 
will do this again later today at 6 o'clock. Uh, is that good for you, Shibshin? Okay, so 10 to 6. Okay, okay, okay Shimshin. Okay, Victor, if you could join us to come.